Butterfly, butterfly, pretty butterfly. When I see you flap your wing, I know when it's time for spring. Butterfly, butterfly, pretty butterfly. Hi again, and welcome back. Honest participants only. Um, you will all see that my guest is smiling right now because I'm <laughs> in my intro. <laughs> we are in the studio today because we're going to be talking about um, well, we're not going to talk about Black History Month. We're going to we're doing this for Black History Month, and our theme this for these series. I don't know why I'm getting tongue tied. That's fine. The theme for yeah. this is creating black history so instead of looking at the history that the people who have gone so Martin Luther King and all the important people as a part of our history I want to talk about us creating history that future generations can look look back on that's a really important part because mm. we need to understand the impact we're having today I have with me Lejean Shepherd. is that how you're meant to say your name Lejean Lejean <laughs> <laughs> And I've known him for most of his life, yeah. Um, and I've always just called him Lejean. But mm -hmm. today, I want to be posh because tried it. <laughs> he is <laughs> an actor, a singer, a writer, a creative. Um, before we jump into it, I want to share something with him and you because I don't think he has seen this for no. a long time. So oh, let's no. have some fun. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Oh dear, let's just play. Oh no! <laughs> I miss them sunglasses to be fair. So I'm going to stop us there, right, because I want to say uh, the whole reason I, I played that clip, I was looking for something entirely different last night and came across mm. it because it's on my YouTube. Now, to give everybody else some context, uh, I had gotten a new mic and I we were going out on a picnic and I was like, guys, I'm going to bring my mic. How about I do some filming um, and test this mic? As you can hear, there was a lot of background noise or whatever. So the video quality wasn't, the video was great. The interview was fantastic. We had the best time, but the quality because of the mic, I was testing it out, wasn't as good as it could have been. But this is what came out of it. It is on my YouTube channel. Feel free to go and watch it, like, subscribe, whatever. Um, but the reason I wanted to play that part of the clip to you is because your sister asked you, she said, I asked you, what do you do? And you said, I'm an actor. And your sister turned to you and she said, what have you been in? <laughs> <laughs> and you then went on to say that you were trained and that you, um, you know, not yet, you're on your way. Yeah. Now, I want to let people know you have been in oh, you are now <laughs> like oh oh who is this Yikes. guy <laughs> who is this guy if it ever comes up, up look my at this. Twitter. look at this big man in these streets like <laughs> i um you can go back to tony and say to her 
if you want to find me, sis, contact me through my agent. <laughs> That's what you can say. <laughs> that is you know, no. I did some research. I was like, yep, he's out in these streets. Um, and you're about to be in the London premiere of? Little Women, yeah. yeah. I am so excited because I love the movie. I love the book. And mm. it is it is fantastic. So thank you for bearing with my, my little... No, oh, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so much fun. Um, so what I'll say to you is, uh, as much as as much as we can celebrate you, we can celebrate your achievements and, mm. you know, that kind of thing, talking about it for Black History Month, I wanted to touch base with you because you're in the creative industry, you're in the arts, and I wanted to talk about... Um, this episode is entitled A Small Ripple, Lived Experience and Its Impact. So two ways that I want to do this. I want to talk about your experience as a black man in mm. the creative industries and in the arts. But then also you and I had a creative meeting a few weeks ago and you shared with me an experience that you um, went through. You were on a train and you were in the proximity of some not nice language, some some not nice language, I'm just yeah. going to leave it there. So yeah. can you can you kick us off by, um, first of all, introducing yourself properly now, uh, <laughs> and then also by just telling us that story? Yeah, sure. Um, again, hello, everyone. My name is John Shepard. Um, what is there to do? I'm an actor. Um, I'm a singer. Um, I've done predominantly musical theatre now for the last... Uh, five years including a pandemic but let's just forget let's forget that happened um for the past five-ish years um on the west end and around the country um yeah i, I trained at guild school of acting um yeah i just I, I love a sing i love to act i love to perform i think it's the big asterisk next to my name um i'm a performer um and uh, yeah, this um, this incident occurred, um, I want to say, f maybe like a month or two ago now, um, if I remember correctly. It was me and my girlfriend, we were heading into central London to, I don't remember, to eat or to go see a show or something. And we're getting on the train at East Croydon and was walking through to, to get to the front of the train and there was a... A little old white guy, um, uh, and he was just mumbling and grumbling and shouting to himself. Um, and I had headphones in at the time, and my, I think my girlfriend was on the phone at the time. Joelle, she was on the phone at the time, so she she wasn't paying attention. I had my headphones in, so I could hear the odd word or whatever. But as I got closer, I got louder and louder, and then I realised <clears throat> that he was. Uh, I, don't, I didn't. I missed whatever altercation that happened between him and uh, there was a black man on the platform. I missed that altercation, but um, the little white guy was uttering some. He was just saying some, some awful stuff, awful, just racist, hurling racist abuse um, uh, towards this particular black guy and just black people in general because the guy was long gone and he was still kept going on, kept going on, black this, a lot worse language, but I'm going to keep it. Um, mm. 
PG for now, but yeah, just awful stuff. And I was walking through the platform and I was like, I mean, it's the first thing in the morning for me, just being bombarded by this language. It's very triggering. So I, I stopped. You know what I mean? Like, I, was, I didn't know what to do. Like, I, I started feeling my like blood going. I was just like, I took a breath and I walked on. And I didn't know if that was the right thing to do. I didn't know whether I should have um, confronted him and said, no, that's wrong. You shouldn't be doing that. And I didn't know, because I, I, the way I, I felt, I didn't think I would, I would have been able to articulate it correctly. And then I would have come across as a another angry, another violent black guy. So I was like, and this all happened in like a space of a, a fraction of a second. It's like thought process because it does happen that quickly and I walked on I think I know I think before I walked on I locked eyes with another another passenger on the train another another white guy um an older an older white gentleman and um I locked eyes with him and I turned my head and I walked on I walked right down to the bottom of the train again Joe was oblivious all this she's still on the phone um and you know, when when something like that happens to you, when you're when you're when you witness something like that, you can't help you can't help but let it infect you. Do you know what I mean? It's very difficult to shift that um, uh, that negative energy that like that just gets seeped into you. So I think my mood just took a nosedive, and I was just a bit mm, whatever, like just not in the in the greatest of moods. We got all the way to London Bridge. Um, we came off our train, changed platforms, went up to the next platform to get to a train to Charing Cross. And I started a mid-conversation with Joelle. Um, I think we were talking about the incident because, again, she was on the phone for the majority of this time. She was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't hear it. I didn't know. Like, I'm sorry that that's put you in such a bad mood. I'm sorry you had to um, put up with all of that. And... Next thing I know, I get a tap on the shoulder or just someone's just like next to me. I'm just like, like people don't talk to each other in London. So this is... We're in the middle of a pandemic. Don't touch me. You know what I mean? So I was like, what is going on? And it was the same little white guy that I locked. I sound so... It was the same man that I locked eyes with um, on the train. And he looked me in the eyes and he said... What, what was that all about? And I was like, oh, yeah, I, I have no idea. Um, I heard him saying that awful language and, uh, do you know what I mean? I stopped. So I was going to, I was going to say something to him, but then I was like, I didn't feel as though, again, reiterating what I said before, I didn't feel as though I could articulate. I, I would have just got angry and I would have made the situation worse. Blah, blah, blah. And he was like, no, no, yeah, that was awful. He sat down like next to me on the other side of the carriage and I, I sat there and I said to him, I said, you can't talk like that. You can't, you can't speak to people like that. You can't speak about people like that. That's so wrong. You need to stop. You, you can't, you can't do that. And apparently the other guy just shrugged him off. Oh, whatever. Da, 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 da. He's like, no, no, you can't. You really can't say that. And then he said something, oh, I don't want to be paraphrasing too much, but I think he said something online. I was like, yeah, no, I, I told him that was, that's not on and, um, you know, I hope you have a good day and, like, it was, it was just nice. It was just, 
I don't know, it was very surprising and it's very nice to be seen because then he then said, all right, have a good day, see you later. I said, have a good day, mate. He turned around, walked away and he walked all the way back, went all the way back down the escalator. So this man followed us from our carriage all the way across two, three, four platforms, came all the way up the escalators and London Bridge is big, do you know what I mean? Like, he's, and he's, he's not no sprightly young man. So he's followed us all this way just to say to us that he had a conversation with the man. He did what I, in that moment, couldn't do and tried to re, um, re-educate this um, person who was spewing nonsense. And he came to tell me that he did that. And he came to basically just be like, listen, don't let this be the one thing you remember today. Don't let this ruin your day don't let this be the thing that looms over you for the rest of the day let my interaction with you be the thing do you know what I mean that gives you at least a bit of hope and yeah and he went on his merry way and it was just for him I think we this is the conversation we had for him to come over to me so I mean I'm I, not that I'm a thug or anything but I think when you're I mean, in far from me <laughs> <laughs> no not exactly um but I think when you're as I said before, I was, in a, I was in a foul mood. I was in an awful, awful, awful mood. And I think that just automatically breeds, like your body language changes, your energy changes, the energy that I'm putting out changes. And for him to still feel the need, he doesn't know me, for him to still feel the need and still be, I don't know if it's the right word, but brave enough to come over and be like, look, listen, that was awful. Um, I don't know what, I don't know what, yeah, I don't know what he was trying to achieve by coming over, but it was well, very... That was going to be my question to you. Um, what do you think he was trying to achieve? Not that you could ever know, but the reason I was even going to ask it is because uh, so many of us in our community are sceptics, and mm. rightly so, right? Mm. People have their own agendas or their own aspirations. They might want to look like they're saving us or they might want, he might have wanted you to know so that you could pat him on the back or whatever. Uh, Every interaction we have like that has to be based on its own merit. So from the conversation we had when you first told me this story, your energy or the energy he gave off impacted your energy because it made you feel that he was authentic. He did that thing. He could have done it and not told you, he could have ignored it because you got off the train. Mm-hmm. He could have just been got home and said to the missus or mister, I saw this thing today, it was trash, um, and kept it moving. You would never have known. You wouldn't have been impacted. You would only have been impacted by that ne- negative experience. So many other people, uh, you know, that ripple again, the, the theme of today's um, episode is a small ripple. So many people could probably have been impacted. So Joelle was then impacted because she had this interaction a, a white man coming to a black man and saying this isn't it mm. this isn't okay um people other people on the platform other people on the train after you got off yeah. who saw him have that into or, or after you moved down the, the train you saw him say that's not on you know there is this ripple that happens uh when we speak up even if it's not about race when we speak up on behalf of and not f- because we want accolades and celebrations. Yeah. 
Um, and it really, you on the day when we spoke about it, you said it really did change your mindset for the rest of your experience while you were out because what had happened threatened the mood of your evening. Yeah. I think I think the, the reason it changed is changed it because it it hadn't resolved itself until do you know what I mean until he came over and said it was it's is resolved. Do you know what I mean? Like because yeah. because because I because I chose not to confront and resolve it myself. I would have left that altercation and would have just had that scenario running in my head like for the rest of the day and would have had in my head, I should have said this, I should have done that, I should have, and that would have, I mean, that was, that would have perpetuated my, my awful mood. But it was the fact that I had that one in my head and I got, I changed platforms, I was still there and someone else, someone outside, or no, he wasn't even outside, someone who was in, was witnessed to that altercation by him coming over and saying, look, I did this, this, and that. I'm not saying I've saved the day. I'm not saying I've. I mean, I've not changed the this person's mind of on race or how you how you should talk to people. But I've I've said this is wrong. By him doing that, he's resolved that thing in my head. Do you know what I mean? That uh, that oh, I should have done this. I should have done that. Yeah, he's done the shoulda, woulda, coulda. So I'm like, okay, cool. So now, so now the last thing I remember of that whole experience is him. Do you know what I mean? It's him and it's, it is sorted. It's done. It's squashed. Um, and yeah, I, I think that is why that's, that is why my mood shifted. Because again, it, it I think, yes, he, he was like the genuine article. He, did, he didn't want, he wasn't there shouting about it. He wasn't, oh, look at me. I'm telling everyone. Do you know what I mean? It's not that. He came over to me very quietly, very, hi, yeah, sorry. Um, no, I saw what happened on the train and that, that was awful. I told him he shouldn't be speaking like that. Are you all right? That, that's really, do you know what I mean? It was that, that's how we were talking. We were talking like, like two equals who had just witnessed something horrible and he was, do you know what I mean? And it was, I don't know. I think, I think we take for granted how, little we have to do to make people feel seen and how and to make people feel um better do you know what i mean it, it doesn't it doesn't have to take loads to make your fellow man feel seen i guess yeah. do you know what i mean yeah and, 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 is, and valid yeah and this is kind of what i wanted to touch on because Although this was a unique experience and it was current when we were having the conversation and that's why it came up, we experienced these microaggressions or macroaggressions <laughs> all the time. We have to choose in every moment whether we acknowledge, ignore, confront, dismiss, um, uh, compartmentalise, any list of words. Um, we have to do that all the time. Mm. And in the arts, in the creative industries, you're already dealing with, and, and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't know the numbers or the data exactly on this, but you're already dealing with the fact that, um, you know, you're going for roles and and 
what what are the stats not numbers in terms of oh what's the percentage but how much harder is it for you going for a role first of all on like a major broadway show is there some difficulty because of your race or is it like no 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 we're all equal i can go and get what i want before i answer the question yeah well let's discuss that it's a tricky one because i think at the at the historically I can only speak in the West End. So historically on the West End, there are <laughs> at the risk of being crude, there are there are there are black shows and there are white shows. Right. And there are, there's about at any given time, there's normally about two or three black shows. Lion King's been here forever, so that's always there's at least always one. Um and then the rest are quote-unquote, white shows. Um, so the black shows being um, Lion King, as I said before, um, Motown, um, uh, Tina, The Book of Mormon, and then the white shows being literally kind of everything else. It's only very recently that um, there's been like a push and uh, an outcry of, listen, the reason that Tina is, or the reason that a lot of these black shows are with have predominantly black casts is because a lot of the stories that we're allowed to tell, we being black people, a lot of the stories that we we are allowed to tell that um, get commercial funding and you know that do make see the light of day and get put on stage are more often than not stories that revolve around the black experience and the black lived experience and what that is when it comes to race, when it comes to, uh, well, no, that's, that stops there. It's <laughs> our stories. Exactly. Our stories comes down to, Oh, you're black. So you're a slave or you're oppressed or you're, I mean, those are trauma. Yeah. It's all, it's all our, our blackness it's like the crux of the story is, is the is the core that you couldn't swap that person out for anyone else but all the, a lot of these other shows that's that's not whiteness that is on display in name is it's not whiteness on display in name is jean valjean it's not a white man do you know what i mean jean valjean is a man who through tragic circumstances finds himself running from the law if anything that's a black man's story do you know what i mean <laughs> I mean, I thought I play that so well. And in fact, <laughs> in fact, as we're here, I know so. I know a black man who did. <laughs> oh, stop! <laughs> but yeah, do you know what I mean? So I think that was historically how things went. Things have been changing for the better. Um, for example, my um, I'm about to go into. Little Women, um, and again, you would you probably look at that show and you'd probably say white show. Do you know what I mean? Um, and it's very funny. I saw one of my one of my co stars. I don't know her yet, um, and she tweeted. Uh, I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't remember it specifically. But she tweeted, "I my her theatre school, her drama school." did Little Women, they had auditions for Little Women when she was at the school. 
And she was like, I didn't audition because I didn't see a part for me in that show. And lo and behold, here she is now on the London debut of this show um, as one of the sisters. I think she's playing Amy March. Um, she's like, it's very funny how things come full circle. Do you know what I mean? From going from, oh, no, I can never be in a show like that to, oh, I'm opening, and opening it in London. Do you know what I mean? So she's a mixed race, um, I believe. Or I believe she's a mixed race um, girl. And yeah, it was just this... Um, this this industry is a, is a funny one. Basically, long story short, there are very few and far between. Because what really comes down to it, there's very few black producers. There's very few. Well, there's very few producers that aren't white. I should say. Um, and I think even the most um, well-intentioned producer will miss things that a black person wouldn't or an Asian person wouldn't if they were in that same position. Um, so for example, we did a, shall I say this? <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Go on. No, I'm, not, I'm not even cussing them out. I'll cut it out, I'll cut it out. No, no, I'm not, I'm not even pressing them out. For example, um, I, won't, I won't be, I'll, I'll leave it ambiguous. There was a show, there was a show. And one of the characters in the show is, I think I've taught, I think I said, I tell this at, at grandma's, there's a character in the show and he's written as Redbone. Redbone being like, light skin, like of a lighter complexion. Still a black man, just of a lighter complexion. Um, listed as Redbone and like the whole subtext of his character description, it, it goes into another very important um issue in our community when it comes to colorism and you know grading people you'll see more worth the more lighter you are and seeing less the darker you are um and it was this, this is a very crucial part of this character the producers and the cast and directors cast the show and the person they chose to be that character was dark like me very dark-skinned person I think apparently the writer came in to you know and one why the writer wasn't involved in the casting process in however small or big like, I'll never know I'd never that blows my mind but they weren't involved and yeah the basically his character had to be kind of rewritten all of that storyline that colorism which is again very important in our community had to kind of be scrubbed out because the person who they found for the part wasn't it and hey maybe maybe every light-skinned person they brought in for the part was rubbish do you know what i mean maybe that was the case and they just had to you know lesser of two evils let me just get this person who's very good he's very capable actor you can do the job but yeah let me stop you there i love the story um, and I love the point you just made, but actually, but actually, do you know what I mean? Is the yeah, is the story being told? Is that thing that's so important in our community about colorism, um, that thread of it going through that character, important enough that you would go and do like if you can't find the right person now, 
try again or, or whatever. How important was it to the producers that they were like, oh, well, we'll just rewrite it. You're right. Maybe it was, um, you know, none of the people that came in. But also, how easy was it for you to make the decision to kind of throw away That's that it. part of the character? Yeah, because yeah. when we experience colorism, and you will have experienced it on a different level to me, and I will have experienced mm. it on a different level to the next one and whatever. Yeah. When we experience um, colorism, it forms our character. Hundred. A lot of who we are today is based on the experiences we had based on other people's view, whether it be people in our community, people outside of our community, people at school, professionally, whatever. All of the worldviews that people have of us just based on the colour of our skin, yeah, impact our character. Mm -hmm. Even if it's that we are then going to throw away all of that and, and I refuse to be minimised or belittled, yeah. that built character because yeah. of those experiences. Yeah. So for them to then just be like, oh, well, we'll just rewrite it. And I'm not saying that was their attitude. And, and again, I, I, I don't know all of that. Yeah. But yeah. It, it's bothersome. Because, you know, the, the theme of our show today is, um, of this these series, is creating black history. Mm -hmm. When we're creating that history, when we're casting for those roles, when we've gone through the pain of writing something that includes experiences that people will feel represented by, Yeah, it just bothers me that that mm. would be removed. And this is just one experience. This is just one you're retelling. But if I spoke to a range of people of races on Broadway, on, mm. you know, the stage at the West End and whatever, I'm sure it's not going to be the for exception. Sure. For sure. It's, I think, yeah, we've got, we've got, our, industry's, our industry's got a long way to go. I always say, because um, even when I was touched on before, the fact that I'm that I'm I'm playing Joe March, not Joe. <laughs> wow, I'm playing John Brooke. Wow, imagine. I just don't know how good a job you do. That's the problem. It's not that they can't have a guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm currently I'm I'm going to be playing John Brook. And again, as we established before, whether you like it or not, historically Little Woman was probably seen as and again, no, let me say this from I'm gonna say I'm not gonna talk about no one else, I'm talking about my perspective. Little Woman to me before I got the job is a white show. Um so for me to have got it, I remember I went to the audition room. Um, was like one of the first auditions in like face to face since like the pandemic and everything. So that was a very interesting whole thing in its own right. I remember feeling at ease like almost immediately. Um, funny enough, I think that's not really talking on black on Black History, but I think funny enough that was because the producer, the director. Um, and the casting director were all women. And I think that, like, the energy is different. Do you know what I mean? And I think I walked in a little bit nervous and I was like, oh, okay, like, cool. Like, let's, let's play. Let's see what's what. what. Um, I'm trying to think of another, another story. I had another one. Look, listen, this, this industry has got a long way to go. It's making big strides in the right direction. But I think... 
what they're now falling into the trap of, which they've not left the trap, is tokenism, which is a whole nother... We got an episode coming up on that. Um, I don't know if it will have gone out before or after, but absolutely, it's so important. We can't not discuss it. It, because that's what it comes to because <clears throat> yes black people black lives matter we've been shouting quite loudly for many many years about equality in the workplace equality in our lives and quality just, just equality and um how our lived experience our, our, our experience we're under threat constantly so that noise has has got through into my industry, but what it what it often turns into is, uh, yeah, that one that one person in the ensemble. We, yeah, we can make them black. Um, yeah, yeah, and everyone else. I mean, everyone else is white and does whatever. But like, oh yeah, we can uh, that one bit part. They can be they can be the black person. Right. They can be black. But also, we're not going to rewrite that role to be the experience of a black person. The black person will literally just be standing in for a person who's not black. Yeah. And so if that person, you know, their experiences that they they don't even know that they're black, then mm. that's how the role's going to be. It's never going mm. to be mentioned. Um, and I think sometimes when, so we, we speak about the arts and you're obviously an actor, um, writer, creative, whatever. But I think it also starts way before. It starts from the writing and the consideration of that and mm. the casting. And it's the whole process that needs to acknowledge that the experience isn't less or worse. And most of our experience is actually pretty much the same. Because yeah. <clears throat> before you're a black man, you can identify with someone on being a man. And yeah. then you're like, right, this is how we separate ourselves out as well. Mm. But if you've just got a room full of men, I'm not going to walk in and go, oh, there are a room full of men of all colours of the rainbow. I'm just going to say there are a room full of men over there, yeah. right? Um, but to acknowledge that that room full of men all have different experiences, mm. but just to be like, no, 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 I'll just take that one over there. He can act the same part. He can act the same part. He can act the mm. same part. In my story mm-hmm. is... Um, is I, I think, a little bit short-sighted. You said something before. You said... I walked in and I felt immediately immediately at ease. And you spoke about it being because you acknowledged or recognised it was because there were three women in major powerful roles um, and that did something for you. What I want to know is, what even made you think that you could go and audition for Little Women, being a traditionally all-white show? Um, like, what made you think that this was a possibility for you? Listen, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> There was uh, my me, and my agent had a conversation before um, uh, before I finished Tina, before the pandemic, before the West End went dark for 15, 18 months, however long it was. <clears throat> we had a conversation that, you know, I'm, I want to have a bit of a gear change. Um, I didn't really want to do. Um, Basically, I want to, I do want to do more. Um, I want to diversify my um, career. So, a lot of the jobs in the West End tend to be year-long contracts. That's what you're you're contracted to do a year-long show. And I was like, imagine the the 
things I could do if I wasn't tied into a year-long contract. So these shorter contracts, more varied jobs is something that I'm more I'm more interested in um, being a part of. So again, I've, a lot of things came my way um, during the pandemic and auditioned for a lot, taped a lot of stuff and Little Whitman came through and I looked at it. I looked at the run, I was like, it, it feels, it, it's at a really cool, or it's at a really good part of the year, towards the end of the year, so there's not really anything else on bar Panto, and I don't really want to do Panto. Um, so it was, and... No, no disrespect to Bradley Walsh. <laughs> hey, Bradley Walsh is getting his money, don't worry about Bradley Walsh. Don't worry about Bradley Walsh. If I was getting Brandy Walsh's money, I'm there, but I'm not. So don't want to do Panto. Um, 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 it's at a prestigious theatre that I've never been at, um, and that's always that's good to get on the CV. So I was like, look, listen, and I've never been seen by um, these particular producers. So I was like, I'm just gonna I, like you. <laughs> the amount of auditions you get and you're just like, look, just tape, just do it and we'll go from there. And that's basically the, that's basically the attitude. I, not, not saying that I did a half-assed job, not saying that I didn't do my do my bit or I didn't work. I've worked and I, you know what I mean, learned the bits and gave a good performance, but you to, to keep yourself sane in this industry, you have to do it and forget it. You have to like it's done now. I can't be sitting. Oh, when am I going to hear back? Because I've done that, and it is long. It is long. So you have to just do it, throw it away, go make yourself a cup of tea, go whatever. You you can't dwell. That's exactly what I did. Like like anything else, I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't expect to get um, for them to get back to me because again, it's a Little Women is a, like a legit musical, legit being. Um, Oh, how do you describe legit? Tried um, and tested already. You know it's going to be successful. No, as in the the style of music. So, ah. and and that's just not me. I'm again. I grew up in church. Like my the way my things are set up. I'm. I can give you R and B. I can give you gospel. I can give you that kind of sound in my sleep. Legit is not a sound that I'm used to making that I, that I know how to that I can just pull out like that do you know what I mean so I was I went in very apprehensive I did the tape and again I threw it away I didn't hear nothing back for I think a good week and then I got a really snap oh hi um can we see your client um tomorrow that's all right I was like oh got a recall went in the room and again it was all a bit of a whirlwind I was like oh yeah sure I kind of forgotten about it I was like yeah okay whatever but I went in the room it was lovely. I did a good audition and I got home and probably within an hour of me being back in the back in the flat, I got a call from my agent saying I got the job. And yeah, I think, what so you asked me why did I think I should have, um, I had the right to audition for it. I didn't, but you just, you just do. You know what I mean? Like you, you, whether you think you're worthy of it or not, Exactly. Whether you think you're worthy of it or not, or whether you think you're 
it's for you or not, or like, oh, I don't know if this, if I, for us in our industry, you just have to do it. You just have to rise to the challenge and be like, okay, this is out of my wheelhouse, out of my comfort zone. But who's to say I can't? Who's to say I shouldn't? Do you know what I mean? Like, so I went for it and I got it and I'm very chuffed and I'm very excited. I start on my start rehearsals Monday coming. So I'm very excited um, to meet everyone else and yeah, crack on with it. But I yeah, no idea what to expect. No idea what to expect. I'm so happy. I'm so happy about it. Um, and hearing the background of it makes me even more kind of gassed about it. Uh, and it brings it back to, you know, I was pointing down below to creating mm. black history because I think a lot of creating black history in wrapping up our interview, creating black history is about changing mindsets. And so that question about what, why, how come you had the audacity is exactly the kind of thing that people need to hear about because mm. we all need to have the audacity to think that we can. Mm. Um, because in 10 years' time, and I've been saying this in all of the interviews, in 10 years' time, when we look back and have this conversation, we're hoping that we will have inspired others to have yeah. the audacity right, to think that you can, to mm. look at the, the casting, look at the script, look at the what has come before and say, but this time might be different. Definitely. Um, and I think that that is a big part of our black history. It's a big part of the future generation's history that will come. And as hard as it can sometimes be climbing up that hill um, and being pushed back down time and time again, like what makes you think it was you? Um, as long as we keep verbalising these things in spaces like this, hopefully someone else will be inspired to do what you did. Mm. Yeah. No, for sure. So what would you say, um, last question then, so mm. what would you say to people who, I mean, I know we started off with your story and your experience, but that was just, you know, we wanted to hang it on on something that led us into how it feels to be us sometimes and it's too important a story not to share but what would you say to other creatives in the arts specifically actors and singers in the arts who uh who just want to make their mark what, what might you say to them just know your worth do you know what i mean like <clears throat> i <laughs> i am equal parts humble and big-headed do you know what i mean like i'm i'm i'm, I'm not a i'm not a diva i'm not I, I know that i've got loads to learn i know that i um the way the the, per, the place i am at in my career at the moment is not where i want to be and i and i recognize that i need to defer some of my um sometimes defer an opinion or de defer to someone who might know better than me, not defer my opinion. I let, my, my opinion will always be heard, but I'd always have an ear and open mind and always listen to my, um, uh, my colleagues who are on that next rung of the ladder and my colleagues who are next to me and my colleagues who are beneath me. I'd always listen to all the different perspectives. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly humble and I, I, would, I would always, um, I don't know it all, but also 
I'm incredibly big headed. I think I'm brilliant. Do you know what I mean? Without being, without sounding like, without sounding like, uh, like an idiot, you have to have that to do what we do because it's, you get, it's 98% of the time it's a rejection. It's, it's no go away, do better. You have to have that core belief that you are amazing. And I do. And that doesn't mean you don't have to, you don't train, you don't work harder to, um, to better yourself, uh, to, to make your craft even more slick and even more polished. But you have to have that underlying... Look, I, I knew I wanted to be an actor before I knew I wanted to be an actor. I would watch people like Will Smith on TV and I'd be watching it and I'd be mouthing along next to him and be like, I can do that better than him. Do you know what I mean? What right do I have to say that as a six-year-old child? But you have to have that mentality and take that with you wherever you go. Again, that doesn't mean you have to be mean or yet you have to, you have to be bullish and my way or the highway. That, that's, that doesn't create a, a, a good working environment. You, you, you won't work like that. But to make your mark, you have to, I believe anyway, you have to have your base must be on a pure belief on what you can do in this industry whether you're acting whether you're singing whether you're writing you have to be you have to be like hey look listen what i've got is it is 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 money is is fireworks is is amazing and every time someone tells you you're rubbish go away whatever be like okay watch and see and then go again you there's there's no other way but yeah there might be more you know, intelligent angles and whatever, but I think it has to be a core fire you have inside you. That's because then you, you will only leave a mark because even if, even God forbid, you, I don't make, I don't reach the stars that I want to reach and reach the goals that I want to reach. The people who I work, who I work with and I have worked with will always remember, you know, that, that little that guy, he was, do you know what I mean? He was he had his voice or his presence or you're always gonna remember something in a positive way, do you know what I mean? Because I you have to have that thing inside you that just propels you forward. So I don't know if I asked your question or not, but yeah. I think that is yeah. Yeah, there's there's definitely a quotable in there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you so so much for being here with me today. Thank you. Um, where can the people find you? Oh, shame. Um, yeah, I guess you can follow me on Twitter um, at lej underscore she. Um, I mostly just tweet things that I find either funny or, to be fair, I've, no, I, I tweet a lot of just black anything. Every time, every time, anytime I see anyone black doing something cool, I often tweet or retweet it. Um, so, yeah. I'm looking out for my retweets then. Oh yeah, 100%. Just you wait and see. Wait and see. That's amazing. I I so appreciate you being here. Um, And I appreciate you helping me to create Black History because that's really, really important for us. So thank you for being on Honest Participants Only. Thank you for being an honest participant. Um, And cheers to more. Here we go. I hope it didn't waffle too much. I'm, I'm a serial waffler. All good in this hood. <laughs> <laughs>
Butterfly, butterfly, pretty butterfly. When I see you flap your wing, I know when it's time for spring. Butterfly, butterfly, pretty butterfly.